All right, let's just hop right in on this one. Thank you guys for listening. I have been looking forward to you guys hearing this episode. I want to make a quick note that the sound quality may take somewhat of a hit because of a mixing failure. So, um, yeah, offer us some grace, and you're probably getting used to doing that because of our microphone sorts of stuff. Uh, But thank you, guys, for being graceful with that. And uh, now we're going to drop in on a conversation that I wanted to have with uh, a few women that I thought had some some good perspective on life and the Me Me Too movement and how women have been treated unfairly and how are men to respond to all of this and how are we to keep our when to keep our mouth shut, when's it okay to talk and I had a lot of questions, and it was uh, very enjoyable talking to these guys. All right. Well, this is Joey Svensson. This is Priscilla. I'm Ellen Morrow. I'm Melanie Studley. And I'm Jen Smith. And you're listening to The Pastor With No Answers, and I am pretty excited about this episode, all this women chatter me too fun progressive everybody's equal sort of vibe going on in our culture it's a wonderful wonderful thing i'm curious though with with you three and and i will have already introduced you all so we won't have to go through those sorts of formalities but i did some of y'all know christy mcdonald and i did one of my satire interviews where Joey is a really mean guy and says very inappropriate, very religious, fundamental, crazy stuff. And I think it was the first time Bad Christian has ever explored territory of being satirical about gender or racial stuff. And this one happened to be gender. And I think it came out really good. But do y'all think that people are ready to joke around about... Uh, men and how not nothing nothing serious, but stuff like uh, don't teach unless you've got biblical uh, oversight from a male. And are you okay with joining your husband's endeavors and marriage and those sorts of things? Which honestly, all joking aside, I think Ellen, you may lean a little more towards anyway. So that maybe would be offensive that I'm making fun of stuff that you hold dearly to. No, <laughs> nope, not at all. Not at all. No. My podcast with Dan, it's like I'm coming I'm coming out another side. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm really happy to have all four of you on. It's kind of, I think, breaking some uh, rules of podcasting ABC. It's like too many people on here, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, I and, thought you were going to say too many women. No. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> you all sound the same. It's going to be confusing. <laughs> so, so, so with this with this sort of topic, I, I really did strategically want to bring on a lot of women that I respect and am interested in their points of view. And I think that uh, I'm, I'm not trying to make myself to be some sort of martyr or anything like that, but I also think the only effective way of doing an episode like this is for me to be at liberty to speak very openly about where I'm at right now, my current thoughts and all of that. And ironically, 
uh, even with this woman who's sitting to the left of me, who we are the closest, uh, she's the closest person to me, it, those conversations don't always go well. And she knows me. She knows my heart. And which which opens my eyes to there's something that doesn't click in a guy's head like mine. I was interviewing an author, and this episode hasn't been released yet. And he actually, I thought, really helped me with this because and, and I think I had like a discovery. I said, you know what? My the vast like the last 20 years, my best friends, the guys that I hang out with, the guys I have deeper conversations with, they are at the very least trying not to be scumbags. Like they're they're at the very <laughs> least trying to treat women with respect. Uh pushing themselves uh, away from any of the Southern tendencies that they picked up on as, as far as like superiority and males and all of that. And so what clicked when I was talking to this guy is I want to stand up and say, whoa, 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 but wait a second. What about men that are falsely accused? And he said something to me that I don't know if it was how he said it that clicked, but he was just like, yeah, but that's not important right now, given the epidemic that we're dealing with right now. So in other words, there's been such an epidemic built up decade after decade after decade with women being mistreated, haven't felt comfortable to come out because of how our culture has been. And so right now, the most important thing to bring up is not, well, yeah, what about the dudes that didn't really do it? Because it's just so common, it's been happening, and that is going to be a major exception. Like, that's that's typically not going to be the case. So that's kind of just a snapshot. But before we go into conversation uh, in this regard, I do want our listeners to kind of get a feel for you all and just just where you're at because obviously um, y'all are unique women and think very differently okay. from one another and are going to bring a different angle, different perspective. Uh, so try to make this a little snapshot, try to make it brief, but um, I'll ask Ellen first, how significant are inherent differences between genders. And so uh, for all of y'all, what I mean by that is obviously there are females that are very masculine, that are very uh, much so stronger than most males and more athletic than most males. So I know that there's exceptions to all of this, but as a general rule of thumb, are there very common inherent uh, similarities amongst females and the same as males. Like, how comfortable are you are are you with that, Ellen? Uh, how co- real? I mean, really comfortable. I think that the difference between male and female is huge, and I think it's something to be celebrated. And uh, but I think that the generations that came before us use those differences to equate value differently. Yeah. And where we've gotten to this spot where we have to talk about like, well. How are we different? How are we different? Why is that good? Why is that bad? When we've always been different, we were created different. I think Melanie's phone just died. And um, it's it's part of the reason it, it works so well. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, and I, I think mostly men, have uh, created an environment where um, instead of just saying, you're different because you're over here and you're different because you're over here, it's been, it's been more like this. 
you know what I'm saying? I'm my if you can't if you're not listening, <laughs> you're just, you're just up and, down, and they were side to side. Um, and so it's it's really I think it's so. Really that point that point you just made was just for us who can see you the the four of us. Okay, <laughs> I'm not on a TV show. Um, but also, it's an exciting time because now that we're talking about gender identity issues, um, transgender issues, I think it's making, I hope it's making a lot of people step back and say, um, like, gender does not equate value because there's, it's like, it's like the autism spectrum. You're not just like one side or the other. There's like a million different places you can mm-hmm. be on the spectrum. And that's kind of what it is with gender now. So it's really exciting to see people talking about it yeah for sure how about you jen um especially coming from well gosh all all three of you have come from a mars hill culture where this the the differences were extremely magnified and a lot of attention uh placed on in very unhealthy ways and jen i know you've changed a lot from all of that but how how comfortable are you with saying no men and women are men and women are very different Um, I'm comfortable with that because it's true, but I honestly, for me, probably in the last six to nine months, um, in some of the work that I've been doing in, um, a leadership group I'm in and stuff, I, I, I'm asking myself probably more, more often, um, just about the differences in humans in general, um, and, and not necessarily focused in so much on male and female stuff. And yet, um, during some of the events of the last month, um, as a female, I've I, I, all over the board um, with emotions and experiences. But um, so, I don't know. To answer your question, I'm comfortable with that. Men and women are different. But um, I, I think that can at times be... Um, an important distinction and also at times a, a narrow distinction um, when we're talking about humans um, to only talk, um, you know, in, in those two qu- quantitative yep. terms. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Melanie, how about you? What exactly was the question? I was getting a phone charger. Yep, no problem. So just, <laughs> just basically... Um, I, I want to be clear that we all, or at least I don't know about everybody, but I totally understand that there are dudes that are big into uh, decorating and loves uh, feminist sort of stuff and rom-coms and gay dudes, for crying out loud, that don't fit the uh, stereotypical macho masculine. And then you have a bunch of straight dudes that are the same, Uh and just and then you have females. There are some females that are stronger than men and more athletic than men and more competitive than certain men. So there's exceptions yeah, on both forget, sides. Don't forget about the mosque, the macho uh, gay guys. Yes, those, yeah. lots of macho gay guys. Yep, yep. They are they are out there. They're out there. But so the question I- the question, Melanie, is: Are you with all that being said and admitting of course there's exceptions are there are there generally some common ground for females that they share similarities and then same with males Mm -hmm. 
first of all, can you hear me okay? Can mm-hmm. everyone hear me all right? Okay. Um, I think that what stands out to me as being more important than what do we have in common or whatever is that we are all very complex and beautifully made in our own ways. And we're going to look for common traits as a, a, a way to connect because of our humanity, right? So we're going to try to find, oh, you like interior decorating? So do I. Yeah. And there we are. Now we're talking about a thing we both like. So I think in a way, we we build those constructs um, in a way to promote our humanity with one another. I don't think it's uh, wise of us to say those constructs ought to confine or um, direct us. And yep. I think oftentimes we get the, those two things backwards, right? But yeah, I think we're different and male and female do different things. But at the same exact time, um, I think allowing and leaning into complexity is more beautiful of a way to live i guess i didn't answer your question but whatever nope that works that works and priscilla yeah i feel like you guys said exactly how i feel i really like ellen what you said about the spectrum like how you're comparing it to a spectrum i thought that was really good because a lot of times if joey and i are ever in a conversation with um couples a lot of times he can always he can relate to the girl or i can relate to the boy or vice versa like it i don't know I think it's just a big, beautiful thing. I feel like where it gets kind of complicated, I don't know if you heard the conversation tonight, Joey, between the kids, but Gwenny actually left the table mad crying at the boys because they kept teasing her about how boys were faster and stronger than girls. And I was like, well, they're just messing around and they're dumb little boys. Like, why are you letting them hurt your feelings? And Mm. she said, because because I'm into the feminist stuff, mom. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, they should not be talking like that about girls. That's not true. I'm faster than them and stuff like that. And so we actually just had a conversation between Gwenny and the boys tonight about this very subject. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, Priscilla, let me start with you. Uh, And this will be the last kind of foundation laying question. How are marriages supposed to function as far as leadership is concerned between the husband and wife? And obviously, we're talking right now heterosexual marriages because we're talking gender. Yeah, I would just say um, lean into each other's strengths and lead that way. A simple way to say it. Melanie? Sound uh, yeah, about I right? Yeah, I second that idea. We just lean into what works for each other and where you're the strongest and dart there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ellen, how about you? I mean, lean in. So yep. overall, <laughs> just, we're leaning in. <laughs> And Jen, do you agree? Yeah, the word that comes to mind is acceptance. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, well, oh, go ahead. Were you still talking? Somebody chimed no, in? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So, yeah, I wanted to give our listeners now, for those of, uh, for, for those guys that are maybe hearing y'all for the first time, they get a little snapshot of where you're at. Um, None of y'all being, uh, in my opinion, none of y'all being crazy, progressive um, thought that's, that people aren't used to. And I, don't, I wouldn't call any one of y'all super fundamental um, in an unhealthy way either. So I think people kind of have a good snapshot. So thinking through all of this stuff, one question that I have for you guys is, and, and at, from this point on, everybody just feel free to jump in, interrupt, ask one another questions, just however, you know, you, you can even jump in and say, hey, I I want to say something for once. All of y'all, you know, argue. I, I just don't care. So from this point on, just, just go for it. But how, how should men 
engage in these sorts of conversations because I'll tell you, and and um, I'd love for Priscilla to push back if she doesn't see the conversation playing out this way. But I found myself, and, and Priscilla's a great wife, love her. <laughs> Thanks she's, for the preface. Yeah, great, she's so awesome. great. What's coming? <laughs> But she, she, we were all wondering. <laughs> yeah, she knows me like she has known me since 1998. Like she knows my weaknesses. She knows the things that I'm still learning, but she knows my heart to respect and love people. And I remember talking to her about saying, yeah, I don't know if people mean this when they say Listen to females, no matter what, we believe you. Like there was a, like a we believe you movement. And how I was taking that in was, wait a second, so you believe any accusation? What about someone being falsely accused? And, you know, we talked about that for you know a second just a while ago. But still, that's a reality. Like, I mean, doesn't there need to be evidence and all that stuff? And it was almost like for Priscilla, at least this is how I felt, I couldn't say that because her response your response was something along the lines of, yeah, but what about what about the women? It really did happen, and nobody believes them. And it was almost said in a way of, you're not thinking about women. Like, you're only thinking from a male perspective, but it seems like I'm just thinking about the situation. I, I don't love men more than women. Now, I'm sure that I am. I've you got blind more. spots. I've got blind spots. But I don't see how you... As a male, you you don't get in trouble for saying those sorts of things, and I don't think it's fair for women to say, "Oh, well, you you just don't care about women, like you're not listening." So how how do we engage in this conversation? And does this sound crazy talk to y'all? Do, I mean, does this make sense? Have y'all <laughs> felt the culture? It's hard. It's hard for me to talk about this stuff. Like I'm scared of this episode a little bit. <laughs> Well, the only thing I was going to say is I think sometimes when you and I have a little bit of, <clears throat> if we get more heated in the topic, is you'll say something in a way that sounds maybe not what you mean, but you're still saying it that way. So I'll maybe correct you in it and you'll be like, oh, you know what I mean. And to me, I think that's kind of flip. I think that's part of the problem is maybe you don't deep down believe that, but sometimes the words that you're saying do s- seem not very understanding. So that's probably where that comes in. Like I don't I don't sound understanding towards like the the foundational plea of women or something like that. Yeah, or or just being open to hearing um like believing her. You can have an opinion on it, but then sometimes you'll start saying things that sound really offensive. I don't think you mean to, but Yeah. Yeah. Do do you guys have any sort of like hot buttons with guys chiming into this or has your husband's said anything that you're like, hey, come on, uh, Seth, are you kidding me? Like, are you listening to yourself? Like, does is this is this hitting home at all as far as it seems impossible for men to be able to engage in this conversation? And I do think it is more important for us to listen. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me is that, um, and I talk about this a lot with like Matt Carter because he's my boss and he and I have talked about these issues and he will be kind of a jerk about it, but he doesn't, he's like, I support women. Most of my employees are women. I love working with women. They're better than men and blah, 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 blah. But the way he, the way he comes across is very much like what, yeah, I agree with you. What do you want now? 
and and it's this very much like aggressive weirdness that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't um acknowledge with like a tenderness the crap we've had to put up with and in a way that's kind of what women are i think where the wounding comes from is not you joey trying to understand women and not having the right language or maybe the right words it's more like a whole society not understanding that even something as small as not having pockets on every pair of clothing. That's a stupid thing that women have to deal with and they get all excited when their skirts have pockets. That's bullshit. Right. Everything should be equal and you know what I'm saying? I know that's a silly, silly thing. But even like the expectation that I should have long hair and wear high heels and lipstick all the time. Those are things that are pressures that are emotional and mentally go much farther than men can feel or understand. And so when you go, well, I want to support women, and but I mean, what if a woman inaccurately uh, says that a guy did something to her and she's trying to be mean? The chances are that that, that will happen, but it, there, there needs to be some sort of like uh, really deeply felt and understood historical going backwards of emotional relating and what that sort of oppression means and how it actually plays out in lives and in marriages does that make sense or is that way too no it, vague it and weird? no it does and i think what what you just said uh, clues me in on just how much i don't understand because my first question to you is who puts pressure on you for having long hair and high heels and and i seriously and so so here's where i get uncomfortable because i really don't know and so now my line of questioning can make me come across an asshole and i really want to know because my my neat jerk reaction to that is uh don't you women put that pressure on yourselves amongst yourselves because you guys are constantly looking at you know, what she's wearing when she just walked in. And and I know this because you guys tell me. It's not uh, observations mm-hmm. on my part, but y'all size one another up and, oh, she looks good in that jacket and or, man, she shouldn't be wearing those pants and all that <laughs> stuff. I don't... Who, who's putting that pressure on y'all? I really want to know. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's a whole system. It's a whole... I mean, I don't think. It is an entire system created like in magazines, in our popular culture, in our music videos. And a lot of that really is uh, the foundation of those organizations are men. And and I don't think that men realize like, oh, they have a part to play in who they cast in their movies. If they cast someone who is a normal size, a woman wouldn't feel so like just today I saw a weird commercial for like Spanx, like some roll up thing that covers your stomach fat. (laughs) But I was like, why do we need why do we need that? Why do we need to feel like we need those to look more beautiful? Right? And I get it. It's a business. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not exactly answering your question, but I do think so much of the stuff that uh, the judgments that we feel or the pressure that we feel has been steeped in patriarchy for so long and that men don't realize it, that women don't realize it. Right. And um, no, I agree with but that. you're right, Joey. I mean, there is a lot to say like I had pressure. I felt so weird about cutting my hair. I cried about it. I cried about cutting my own freaking hair, which is a joke, because there's so much pressure. Every day, at least three people will comment about my hair being long and beautiful. It's like, well, I can't cut it. I'm going to disappoint people, right? Yeah. It's weird. So is it fair to say then that this, especially how you worded it with us all having blind spots on the patriarchal 
society, is it safe to say that we're all learning something together and you do have some super bad eggs amongst the male population, the the Bill Cosby's of this world all the way, you know, to less severe examples. But for the most part, the guys with good intentions, we're we're learning this on on and we're on the same journey and it doesn't make us bad people. Like Priscilla and I, we uh we we care about the people that we've come into contact with that have had these uh, sorts of reactions, but we definitely know of wives that had a hard time just interacting with their husband when all of this Kavanaugh stuff went down. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, you have a good husband like that. He, he's not disgusting. Like is, is that an extreme, is that an unhealthy extreme reaction? if a, if a wife couldn't even talk about the Kavanaugh stuff with her own husband, that's that's not that seems that seems like a marriage issue to me. That's strange to me. Yeah, well, well, I think what he's saying though is it brings up a lot of past stuff because I felt that same exact thing with Seth. Is all this stuff started to come up and I would try to tell him about my perspective and then I get all heated and weird and I'm like, what's going on? So I think that's more of what he means. Yeah, yeah I think. Oh, go ahead. Joey, you said you felt like an asshole and you should know, like, I don't think, I don't think you're an asshole. In fact, you and I are very similar in that we just want to know and love people. So we just sort of like put it out there and sort of like work through stuff with people. So I think that you and I are very similar in that way where we have to preface stuff by saying like, Hey, I care about you, but I need to know this. This seems really stupid to me. So I get it. Right. Jen, what was your processing of the Kavanaugh stuff? I, I'm pretty sure I, I kept up with some of what you were putting out there on social media, and it was definitely something you were processing at a pretty deep emotional level. Yeah, and my processing of it um, and my ability to process of it, process it with Phil um, said very much less about our marriage and much more about really um my kind of trauma response i didn't i purposely didn't watch any of the hearings i couldn't i just i didn't and i and i couldn't because um i i have it it just it was triggering i was self-aware enough to realize it was just triggering enough stuff in my in my own past um that i just it was it was brutal the one clip that I watched um, that really undid me was when um, Trump, our president, um, mocked Ford for not being able to remember. And I mean, it was I, I thought I thought it was some of the most base and just vile um, expression of a human mocking another human in a real moment of vulnerability. And then the jeering crowd um, behind him, like I, it, it really, um, I mean, I was kind of in it for a couple of days in like a pretty serious PTSD funk. Yeah. And my, yeah. Phil, was, Phil was really, um, he was kind. He was gracious. He gave me space. And after 25 years, we've been able to work out some stuff um, where he knew that that's what I needed. Um, but, I mean, I, I just, I, I was, 
disgusted and 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 traumatized by um, politics aside, just by humans um, treating each other like that in the midst of just really some serious vulnerable pain. Yeah. Now, what is it? The buzzkill. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wanted to make sure anyone um, didn't want to chime in. Is it is it fair that because when all of this, I, I'll be honest with you, I I just I don't keep up with stuff, and that's probably bad. But at least I'm not on this up and down roller coaster. But then when situations like this happen, I feel like I should be more invested in it. But but I do hear from people that I that I respect. I just I don't have the discipline or maybe even the stomach to follow it all. But so I I don't I didn't listen to all the information. I didn't read all the stuff. I kind of got some 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 snapshots but is it safe to like because how it seems like situations like that need to be handled is i mean i'm just i'm equally disgusted of any mockery to any woman who comes forth with that i actually saw some stuff on facebook saying hey this i I forgot the woman's name and that's that's probably bad too but it said so and so pulling up to the hearing uh, and it and it shows like a prostitute falling out of a car drunk and I mean just like are you kid like this, uh, it's just un it's so repulsive. So I so think I want to I want to speak to that really quickly actually. Is sure. that all right? Yes, please. Um, so that's the thing where I'm saying and I you know of course we can't speak for our leaders they do whatever they want they're their own people but that's where men really genuinely don't see especially like if you're a white male and you're in a position of power, you do not see the unbelievably enormous ripple effect of your petty words and thoughts. I don't mean you specifically, Joey, but uh, like the president. <laughs> Saying something like that about a woman could, <laughs> could tear apart. Uh, you know, it, it, That kind of stuff does, and I'm not exaggerating, tear people's lives apart. People lose their jobs. People get labeled you know, any sort of title, and then they can't work, they can't, whatever. And this is across the globe. This is not just in the United States. And so there's an element to that where when you're in power, you do not know what it is like to not have power. And women do not have power. Yeah. Right? And so, in a way, that's the thing that I think is the most important for men to understand. You you probably won't, unless you're a man who has been abused by someone bigger and stronger than you, you won't know what that loss or lack of power feels like. Intrinsically, you you can't. You're the top of the totem pole. You don't know what it's like to be hunted, right? Yeah. You're not prey. You're the predator. And that, way, and, right? and I did and I and I did want to ask you, and I think you just answered it. Like why? And I'm I'm zero offense, of course, but why you? I think it's I think it's extremely important to ask why you felt it necessary to say, especially a white male, but I think you answered it because we're on yeah. top of the totem pole. Well, and, yeah. And, th- and I think, and when it, additionally too, and this is not to sound super weird, but like my family is native American, although I am white as humanly possible. And so I watched this happen in my grandmother's family and to my father who is Brown, they treat, you know, and I'm, they, I'm making air quotes here, but um, there is no way for a white man who has never had to face the oppression of walking into a grocery store and wondering if his check will be taken because of his skin color. You you will never know what that is like. And that's something my grandma had to face because she's dark. Um, and so things like that with a male and female and just gender stuff, 
you Seth can pretend or try to understand what it's like to be afraid to walk down the street at night, but he never will know fully in his being what that is like. And the problem and the, the, the thing I think is the most damaging is that someone like Donald Trump, who is so rich, doesn't see the impact on the actual daily lives of the people he is mocking and the women he is uh, doing bad things to, if that makes sense. Does that kind of make sense? Or I know that kind of went a bunch of places, but um, I think it's something important to think about. Yeah. I think, Joey, I also want to say that while we're talking about this, every time I talk about gender issues, it parallels to me with race issues a lot of times. And one of the most exciting uh, sentences I heard this last year about the Black Lives Matter movement was this whole, um, there was a, a white male asking like, well, what, what, how am I supposed to feel with about this? What am I supposed to do about it? And there was an older black man who said, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. And that is so powerful because as a man, it's not, Joey, it's not your fault that we've been dealing with this bullshit our whole lives. We've been treated like garbage and we have to dress a certain way. But if we dress a certain way, then we get treated like garbage. But if we, this whole cycle, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility now to change it. And it's, it's a, that's something you have to either decide to be a part of or not. Um, I saw this really interesting Twitter feed the other day um, where it said if, okay, it was like to all women, if there was a curfew every night where all men had to be inside by nine o'clock p.m. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah, this is a good, I love that. I saw that too. You did? Okay. So what would you do different women if all men, if you knew that all men could not be outside of their houses after 9 p.m., what would you do? You should have, Joe, you should have seen. It gives me chills to talking about it. I actually am tearing up right now thinking about it because it was just like hundreds and hundreds of people saying, I'd go on a walk. I would leave my house without my uh, bag of stuff. I would leave my house without my phone. I would like just walk around. I would go to the park and go on a walk. And it was so eye-opening to see that a, a lot of men make comments and like, they had no idea. They had no idea that this is how we live. And it's not because I'm afraid of men or I hate men. It's because it's not just my generation. It was the generations before us and before us and before us. This is a long, like, it took a long time to build this mountain, you know? And it's going to take a really long time for men to understand kind of how women have been treated. Um even my dad, who's a really kind, compassionate, Jesus-loving guy, makes comments to me like I'm just kind of like a like low on the totem pole, just kind of like a girl. And if I dress a certain way, then I deserve a certain thing. And it's like those kinds of things are ingrained, and it's going to take a long time for us to raise men who are are going to uh, stand up for women. And those men need to be fathers of men who stand up for women. And it's going to take generations for us to undo this garbage. Otherwise, you know, men are just complicit in the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I think there's an element I, too, where um, I agree with that whole thing. That was a really striking Twitter feed of what women would do if they felt safe at night. Like, cause men really, 
there is, um, unless this is not universal, but I'm pretty sure it's universal. Women do not feel safe around men, not their uncles, not, I mean, there's, it's all men, not just some men. It's pretty much most men. And a lot of that, some of that is, uh, unfortunately, uh, taught to women in like the purity culture stuff. Like if you dress a certain way, you will get raped. That's not exactly accurate, but we're taught those things. Yeah, yeah, you'll deserve it. And then the way our president behaves towards women who, whatever, right? All of that stuff is there. But we also need to raise women to raise their daughters. To, yeah. We need we need daughters and women. Everyone needs to be um, in, in this stuff, right? And having these conversations and growing a whole generation to be aware of these things. Yeah. Self-worth. Yeah. Self-worth. I, I, you need to know that that shit's not okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Go ahead, Jen. I actually think we, as women, I actually think we much probably ground could be made the quickest, and 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 has maybe in in some ways, um, with we as women um, encouraging and supporting each other in um, just being much much kinder and um, encouraging of each other, and then also speaking up, us speaking up to men. Um, because honestly, ladies, I'd, I'd love to hear what you would have said today because here was my day. I went to Starbucks, um, realized we didn't have enough chairs at a table. So I, you know, I stepped quickly like four steps over to the next table and said to the gentleman, um, do you mind if we use this chair? Um, it looks like you're not using it. And he said, that's fine. And I had a table of three men behind me talking about me. And one of them turned out around to me and said, wow, I love your confidence. Your what? Confidence. You never mind, you, you never mind me of me. You just, I mean, he just, he was, it was so, I was shocked. Like, I just made a completely. Did he, did he say that to me? Like, did he say that to me? And like, oh, I love that you had the balls to just get up and go get that chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how yeah. old were these guys, Jen? It's a good question. Um, in their probably mid thirties. Whoa. <laughs> I'm shocked. Oh, they were hitting well, on me, Jen. They were hitting. They were hitting on me, and I couldn't believe it. And I just and and I don't know. I was I was speechless. But part two of my story, and this this part is even more creepy slash hilarious. I was in Walmart this afternoon, and mind you, none of you can see me right now. I I'm, have gone fully gray. I'm forty nine, and I'm just hey, embracing girl. my gray. And so I had 30-whatever-year-old men hitting on me this morning in Starbucks. And two times this afternoon in Walmart, I had white-haired, grandfatherly men literally stop in their tracks and look me up and down. One of them stared at me for three or four minutes until I realized I was kind of blocking his path. And so I said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And I stepped back. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. I could stand here all day. And oh, my you. Lord. Yeah. Just, I want to pause there and, and ask Joey, what do you think about that story Jen just told? What do you think about that? Well, I will tell you from personal experience, when a dude did that to my mom in a lot lesser degree when I was about 12 years old, I turned around uh, <laughs> and my mom had to call me back and said, because she's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm talking to that guy that just looked at you. I was just, I mean, the rage came. I was like, you're not going to look at my mom like that. Are you kidding me? And then Priscilla, Priscilla, she'll do this whole, they're not, 
they're not looking at me. They're in their 20s. I'm an, an adult. They were just, li- and I'm, I'm like, an no, adult. they were looking at you. Um, and I'm just fuming. Like, and here's the thing is, I, I get, and, and I, and I want to, I want to talk about this, uh, a little bit more, but, um, not right this second. I do understand the fact that, Men and women are attracted to each other. So I don't fault a guy for recognizing beauty, but when they just unashamedly have zero like respect and just will look up and down almost to the point where he wants the woman to notice him doing that, I just want to dive on him. I, I, I just create it's us like on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Every, literally yeah. every day. Literally, yeah, you guys and then the other option say? is you dress like, you Jen, know, some sort of. Jen, what did you say, Amish? Mm-hmm. Jen, what did you? How did you react? How did you react to the? the how, what did you say? Did you I freak? Didn't. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, but I, I but I bet you when you got into your car, you thought about all the things you could have said and wanted to say. Oh, absolutely, and then but then even some of the oh they were older gentlemen like. That would have been disrespectful, like bullshit. Uh, that was creepy and inappropriate. And I should have said, I don't even know. I should. I don't. I don't even know what. Someone give me a good comeback for next time I'm in Walmart and the grandpas are hating on me. <laughs> I don't know. What. I go with the hey. I'm a person, and do you have a mother? <laughs> I'm someone's daughter. You must. <laughs> Hey, well, just, just just for the record, I, I think it may have been Melanie who said this happens to us every day. Just for the record, it does to me, too. I know there's not a lot of dudes that say oh that, God. but it does happen to me, too. All right, Priscilla, what were you going to say? <laughs> Joey, you do come home and tell me the stories of the women in the fast food line that are hitting oh, yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've said this on Bad Christian. Me and my first cousin... I was I was telling my aunt this and she her eyes just got huge and she turned to my first cousin Carlton and we he just smiled and I was like what he said me too man black women love me uh, it's just it's just <laughs> unreal I will say that since I have gained weight um I mean I've always had a little bit of booty on me but black men have always been my biggest fan and I, I have told, there was a, a guy that I was talking to who was black and I told him, I've always felt more, way more comfortable. Like if I was walking alone in an alley and if I saw a black man, totally comfortable. If I saw a white man, scared to death. Mm. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. Well, it's because of the booty. It's because <laughs> of the booty. Well, I, I was just. Think there, well, uh, hold, like, hold, hold, there is something I really think that, weird there. Hold on, Melanie. I think there's a little delay. Priscilla was saying something. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, it's not a big deal. I was. It's kind of jumping back to what we were saying earlier. Is um, when you guys were talking about the totem pole. I think that's what sometimes would annoy me about people getting so fired up about um, whether or not Kavanaugh was was guilty or not, and. I feel like there was a whole bunch of fear that all of a sudden a whole bunch of women are going to come out and start falsely accusing white men of stuff. And I feel like I can understand why that feels a little scary, but it seemed to be there would be a big focus on the rights of men again. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where the sensitivity comes in is I think some people are acting kind of wild and crazy and that's inappropriate on both sides. 
but I feel like there just needs to be a whole lot of space because I like what I like what Jen said about I don't like that this happened, but I like how you worded it. It triggered trauma. And I think that happened for a lot of people. It was very traumatic and a lot of things rushed back for way more people than you would imagine. And then to start having fear that people are going to start falsely accusing you just like kind of escalated the trauma because I mean, I personally also didn't go. I mean, I was asked to be flown out to Japan to testify against a man that I wrote up when I was in college for some, it's a long story. And he kept some sort of birthday card I wrote for him, which was, I didn't write anything crazy, just like a happy birthday, but he saved it. And the guy that said, we'd like for you to come testify against him. But just so you know, he still has this card and they're really going to de- try to destroy your character. Yeah, basically, this guy there. was a slime ball that slept with college students and was, he was, in his 50s was trying and to make moves on yeah. Priscilla. And when she was in the moment of all of that, she was like, no way, this is really happening. No way. But she was trying to protect her team of young ladies and almost like stand between him and the young ladies as as he's so she's trying to be the peacemaker. I was young and naive and and whatever. So, but long story short, I did not go and testify. I did not go to Japan where I knew nobody, where I didn't feel safe, and I was really young. I was like, I don't even know. Like I can't even believe this is happening. So there's just so many people that I think, and I he didn't even like. I feel like I got very lucky. I was not traumatized like some people have been. So for so, so for the record, at least how social media sounded, and and this is where I was just like, wait a second, please let's don't let go of logic and 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 rationale. But I was reading a lot of social media, and here's how it sounded to me: Hey, from this point on, it does not matter if something can be substantiated or not. If a woman says specifically this dude did something to me, we will believe you. And how it came across was we are not going to entertain the fact that there are any crazy women out there. We're not going to entertain the fact that there's any innocent man that is still innocent even though someone else is accusing him, he's obviously guilty just because of the accusation. I was like, wait a second, we're letting go of of rational thinking. So there's nobody on this call that believes that this scenario is okay, where a woman says, this guy did something, and and I, I say the reaction has to be, it has to be, I don't care who it is, it has to be, okay, we're going to take this very, very serious. Thank you for for having the strength to do this. We really respect you. We really honor you. Well, you said it, so everything else doesn't matter. Of course we want to know the truth. Everybody's seeking truth. But I think the idea that, like when Trump said, this is a really scary time for young men in America, he's kind of going toward this sort of like, well, there might be, you know, what if one guy gets, you know, our our police officers, our detectives are not total idiots. There are processes for things, there are legal processes for things. Socially, we live in a different justice system. And so I think what we see, uh, we assume that, oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster if one person gets, it's just like, you have to forget that like in social media, there's this justice system that, that resides there where there doesn't have to be proof and it's just everybody's opinions. And that's not actually what really happens. And we don't need to be afraid that someone's going to go to prison for life. 
based off of nothing. That's just not how things work. And I'm a justice, um, like court of law junkie. So I can tell you it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one thing that, Oh, one of the arguments that I had heard that I really liked, and and this is going to sound weird for a minute was that this discomfort that men feel, and, and just as a side note, Trump is manipulating that statement to, to cause fear. That's his favorite thing on the planet to do, right? So yeah. we can't take that for all that it's worth. But one of the things is the discomfort that you feel, Joey, that every man feels that says, but I'm a good guy. I don't know what to do. Am I supposed to believe every woman? Am I supposed to be a bad guy? Like, what am I supposed to do? That discomfort is the beginning of your understanding, it's yes. the beginning of the process in which you will grow and this stuff will change. So the yes. discomfort, you just, unfortunately for you, you got to live in it. And and then it will, I keep a dance and I'm feeling it. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? That discomfort is really. Ellen the, just got the I, Holy I, honestly, Ghost, I think. That was the Holy Spirit. I just yeah. myself with a little bit of oil, girl. <laughs> yeah. And that's the way that I'm looking at it now is I, I know that it's uncomfortable Uh, for men to talk about it's really hard for Matt to talk about he gets really pissed off at me and we talk about it at length and he doesn't understand it but it's that process of discomfort he's now understanding in his own way in the in the in the way that it presents through a a masculine lens what this journey is looking like for him and he doesn't like it because it's not pleasant yeah it's not gonna be easy yeah afraid of losing the power that women have never even had a taste of before Mm -hmm. yeah it's this strange, like, well, we don't want men to grovel. This is yep. not about, like we need. And this be this goes back to a basic understanding of what feminism is. Feminism is not. Make sure you get a soundbite out of this, Joey. Feminism is not women are better than men. Feminism is women and men are equal, and all feminism is doing is fighting for the right to be equal. That's it. It's not like when people talk about crazy feminists. It's like, oh, you're, what I hear is like, man, she's so crazy about wanting to be equal. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also a really cyclical uh, sort of power situation when uh, we expect rape victims to go to the police station right away and tell a man their entire story and make sure that there's proof. Because when when a woman's uh, shame and grief and trauma story really works itself out enough for her to be comfortable telling anyone, it's kind of too late to go get a you know get DNA. Yeah. So I think as a society, we we talk about how much we care about women and women's rights. No, we f-ing do not. No, we do not. Hmm. So. Until, I, I mean, you know me, Joey, I'm as pro-life as they get, but one of the reasons that I do not think that progressives and Democrats give a shit about women is because there would be a huge change in the, like, uh, psychological care for women day one, period. Yeah. 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 Do you guys think, do you, uh, ladies, sorry. Do you, Thank you for correcting that. Yep, you're welcome. Do y'all think that, <laughs> it, are there any, are there any negative 
additions or negative side effects of all of this great progression, the Me Too movement, are there are there some negative side effects? And uh, an example, and what I mean by that, are there women or men, for that matter, who are just taking it to a level where it's like, whoa, 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 that's not healthy. I'll give you an example. There is a woman that is accruing, uh, uh, you know, more and more of an audience. People are listening to her. She's very entertaining and neat with her words and and all of that. Smart woman. So she basically changed her way of doing Facebook. She said, I don't want to accept friends from people on my personal page anymore, so I'm going to start a fan page. Good idea. You know, great, great call. So she said that basically she set up an automatic response for her regular Facebook when people friend requested her. It sends them a link to her fan page and says, hey, please, please go to this page. I'm not accepting friend requests from people that I don't know. Well, apparently a guy got that and said, oh, you're so full of yourself, blah, 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 blah. All right. So she kind of tells this story on social media and basically says, living with men these days. And 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 so that's that's the first part. And And all I thought about it was, does that need to be a gender issue? Because I'm thinking that asshole would have said that if, if he got an automatic response from another dude's Facebook page, he would have probably said, you're so full of yourself. And I think there would probably be an asshole woman who would have responded in the same way. She would have been like, oh, you're so full of yourself. You need a fan page. I didn't see that as a gender thing. And then next thing you know, there's like people just chiming in saying, exactly, men are horrible, they're wicked, they're evil, and all that stuff. And yeah, I can agree with a lot of that too. But then it finally came down to the point where someone actually said he probably was just trying to have sex with you. And and it was and it was like a they took that serious and they ran with it. They was like, yep, amen, sister. That's exactly what he was at. I was like, where did that didn't go somewhere he- healthy, but I guess does it maybe does it matter? It doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, everybody wants to identify with a tribe, right? So when what happened with the Kavanaugh hearing is what we saw is a ton of Republican white women running towards the side of like, well, we don't want to be men. We don't want men to be accused of something they didn't do. And and those women. Is everybody still there? Am I in my own? Yep. Okay. <laughs> really interested. Okay, got it. Okay, so all these women are associating with this tribe not because of their the way they were raised or the things they actually believe, but it's because we all want to be a part of a tribe. So the whole so it's it's we're seeing that it's totally possible to be a woman and not side with Dr. Ford and not side with the Me Too movement. Because we just want affirmation and to be included in some sort of group. Now, I believe it's healthy to be in the group that is going towards healing and introspection. Is introspection a word? I always do this with Dan. I just perspective. Thank you. Yes. And then I look at these other women and I'm, I'm judging them going like, oh, girl, no. Like you're supporting the wrong side. But we, we don't know what their stories are. Mm-hmm. And so... For us to just assume that all women are on the Me Too side and all men are like 
struggling to figure out what to say. It's just sort of like, that's a broad brush, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I, I do want to chime in there that, uh, you know, being an a-hole is gender neutral. It's, it is not male or female, right? Uh, and I do think that there's a couple things going on when stuff like that happens. And I've done this, again, I'm going to talk about with Matt because I've had some issues with Matt and we've you, talked you about You do realize that, there's, that yeah. Matt represents only one race and that is Matt Carter race. You realize yeah, that? that's okay. very true. <laughs> okay. so one, one of the things I realized in talking with him was that I was, I was very strongly conflating the pain of, my, of growing up a girl the pain of not being how to uh, not being taught how to change out an engine in a car, not being taught that I should learn computer skills. Being I was, conf- I was, uh, yeah, like I was like, oh, you know, teachers thought you should go into the arts. You're so creative. You don't need to learn how to uh, change a tire. So there's so many things that are, you know, man things that I didn't learn that I really wish I had learned. Now I realize that I have that kind of a mind, but I didn't when I was a little girl, and no one taught me those things. And I would t- get that twisted up in my dealings with Matt. And I would get angry at him for the hurt that I felt because my dad didn't teach me, but he taught my brothers. And there is a huge wave of that with many, many women where we're taking this pain from our childhood or our young adult lives as a woman, not being allowed to do things, being told we're prettier than we are smart, and we're twisting it all up. So when someone says, oh, men, they're so hard to deal with. I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. They're the worst, you know. And it like it triggers all these things, and and then and you know, and we're designed to want to be in community, so we look for people who are like-minded. And so, but I don't know. All of that to say that sort of there that that could be a downside of it. But in a way, that's a process that we've all kind of got to go through. We yeah. have to realize we're doing it. We I had to realize, oh, Matt. Every time I get mad at you about me not knowing audio engineering and computer stuff. It's really my hurt feelings of being a girl in eighth grade. Gosh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. It does. I think, and and this is, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know how to couch this or whatever, but like in, with Seth, for example, he isn't going to know what's important to Hattie, our daughter, as a, as a female, unless I tell him like, hey, honey, you can't tell her she's only beautiful. Because in, in his world, that's what he's been taught to say to girls, right? right? Yeah. So in a way, yeah. in, in a way, it's just his education is lacking. Like, And not, not to say that Phil, I, I don't even know what you're referencing really with Phil, but you get what I'm saying, right? There is like yeah, a whole no, level absolutely. of education that um, men, uh, you know, above their 30s don't have, you know, uh, or I, I guess maybe mid-30s. I, I mean, Priscilla has helped me out so much in this area, and I, I mean, I... I shudder to even admit this stuff but i my my first two kids are girls and my third is a is a boy uh and yet my third child is the first child that i ever said hey man why don't you get out of the car and help pump with your dad like like and, and i just he's he's the first kid that i taught how uh the difference between a flathead and a Phillips head, and how to screw and unscrew and all Joey, that stuff. You're fixing to have some angry girls. On no, no, your no. Hands. I, I, I've I've corrected. I have corrected. Now, now it's it's yeah. funny though because now that I have asked my daughters, hey, do you want to help me screw this in? Or, or they're like, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. where my son is like, yeah, this is awesome. But well, I mean, I, it's those sorts of things that I I would have messed up 
royally, and I would have fallen right into the southern traps if it wasn't for Priscilla speaking up and pointing those well, things it's out. Not southern man, it's not just southern. It's going it again. It's like it is everywhere. Yeah. Well, so part of it too is you. It's not. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say part of it too is you. You were not taught that growing up, so I think. Also, I wasn't s- taught Phillips and fight. No, you weren't taught. He didn't know how to, he doesn't know how to do anything. Like he has taught them everything he knows. The Philip. Oh yeah. Head that's and it. I was like, William, that's it. That's all I know. That was it. We're all done now. Now, now I will teach him some stuff. You want to know how to use a saw? Go talk to your grandpa. <laughs> not on my side. Well, and another thing that I wanted wait, to say. Wait, hold on one second. Hold on. Oh, no, what? I was just going to say also, you also were showing the person that had been asking and was interested and so, oh, you're sticking I mean, up for me a little bit. No, I'm not. I'm not Aww. trying to. But I also am saying like that is the thing is we we are like just you got to make sure you show every single person. Well, our girls really aren't that interested in doing some right. of that. But, they really aren't. But right. I should I should make it a point to teach them how to pump gas. Yeah, say it's important. Ro- Rosa well, should be top of the list. Who cares about pumping gas? Like maybe teach them how to change a battery or something. But like well, I don't want to mess them up. <laughs> <laughs> we should you or you should ask all the women the adult women in your life like what do you wish you would have learned yeah you go. Mm-hmm. yeah that's good i like that yeah that's good i think i like when you were sometimes i feel like my sister and i will talk a little bit about this because i feel like my sister's whole life she's had some angst about um just the inequality of of just how you're treated as a woman. And she's so fiercely independent. Our mom raised us, raised us that way. I think sometimes some women that are raised by single moms tend to be very independent and know how to do a lot of things because they kind of had to band together with their mom and figure stuff out. And I feel like my sister and I were raised in that way somehow. And then they were pretty equal as far as who made dinner and who who took out the trash like it, there were there really weren't like split chores they kind of did everything together and at the same time sometimes we're talking and my mom has a very very traditional standpoint on a woman standing behind her man and and not shouldn't be in leadership and stuff like that so it's almost kind of confusing but i don't feel like i grew up like what you were saying melanie about being sad I think I just didn't know to be sad because that was just my normal. Like, I think I realize now, I think I'm sad by some choices I made. There's some things I'm sad about and I don't know if I've, and maybe, maybe I'm still discovering. I don't know if I've related it to the fact it's because I'm a woman or I was a girl. Like, I think certain things like, like. You're so pretty while you're talking, by the way. Well, I, that's <laughs> really funny you said that. I didn't really I hear anything, say, but man, you're pretty. Shut up, because the reason I was to say is. <laughs> Like I was told I was pretty growing up, but not, yeah, like that was my value. And sometimes that does make me sad because I think that I grew up like, what, like, like if I lose that, then where's my value? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that is kind of sad, but it's, well, but you also don't not share, but, the, but beauty extends beyond just like a certain way a person looks, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I think. Specifically for me, in the case where I'm saying I have this sort of woundedness around not being taught things, it's because I am now in a man's field of business. Yeah. I do audio engineering, which I never thought I would do when I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't learn how to work with computers. I didn't learn how to do sound design or any. I just didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And so, But then there's this weird double standard where when you're a woman and you don't know how to do something... You have to somehow come across cute when you tell a man, 
I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? It mm-hmm. has to have this like weird passiveness to it, a weird like damsel in distressness to it um, <laughs> that is very unappealing and um, and 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 really weird. And again, it's also in this weird microcosm of working for Matt Carter, who's strange. But um, again, you have to like that's a completely different subset. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I tell you what, we're doing an episode on Matt Carter. <laughs> Working with Um, Matt Carter. But another thing I I did want to say that I think is really important, I was thinking about this the other day, just out of the blue, is in the Bible where it talks about women being a helpmate to men or whatever. And I don't know what my feelings are on that. I don't have very strong feelings. But I sat there thinking, if women are helpers, why the hell aren't they in the church everywhere that a man is? Why aren't women everywhere that a man is inside the church to help him? Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I agree. By holding the babies and making the coffee <laughs> and teaching the no, kids, I'm somebody has to like, teach the kids. No, no John Piper's church. I found out this week. John Piper's church, like, uh, they don't even allow women to be Sunday school teachers. Oh my lord! Oh my no, gosh. I, so I want to say that and say this is hearsay, but I couldn't. I was sh- I was shocked by it. But I, I do want to say, like, something as a, and I feel like we're kind of probably going to be rounding out now. Yeah, everybody feel free to have, like, some closing words, as, or you don't have to. As someone, a, a woman who has a personality like, quote, unquote, a man, where I'm uh, super confident, I'm really outgoing, I like to make jokes, I'm like Chandler Bing, I like, you know, I like, I don't, I don't cry and hug when people are sad, I'm like a very practical lover, when I also, my, oh my god, when I say lover, I mean like, I want to love you in a way. Damn! <laughs> we all thought that you meant, I always like the missionary position, I'm very practical. <laughs> But so what's weird for me is that I have experienced all the uh, sexual assault throughout my all of my 20s um, because I had the body that I do and I was, you know, kind of doing the things that I was doing. Um, and now that I'm married and a mom, it's so uh, it's sort of a clusterfuck to have the personality that I do and having to learn how to be a feminine person, not because I have to, but because it bodes well for my marriage and being a mom and just my heart to learn how to soften a bit. And it's, it's always really interesting for me to talk to women who are very, very feminine and soft to, to learn about their struggles, to learn how to be more like, to learn how to be more uh, forward or aggressive. And I, I want to say for all the 35 years that I've lived that there again is a spectrum. When we talk about the virtues of women and what women are and who women are, you have, you, you could talk about it for an hour and you haven't described me. And once I really learned that I learned how to love other women better because I learned that other women are not who I think that they all are. They're not all super feminine. They're not all great moms. There's a lot of moms that I know that are shit at it and they know it. And that, and it's, it's so empowering for me to know that I'm not a, just a woman or just a daughter or just a wife. I'm a person and I get to kind of like 
find my own identity and identify however the hell I want to. I'm not just like a wife and a mom in the white evangelical church. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I do. Can I say something really fast? That was beautiful, by the way. Um, but I just have this weird thought that I've been I've been thinking of this for a long time and it has never solidified until just now. The word feminine and masculine are so uh, they are like one word when we really need like seven words. Yeah. So masculine and feminine. Those are nice words. But think about this. What is a feminine cheetah? Is feminine applied to anything else in the natural world? Point. A feminine cheetah will still rip your freaking head off. A feminine spider no, eats the just, male after she bonds with him. Mind blowing point. Feminism. The word feminine means nothing. And it's, the word masculine means right. Well, I mean, the right? Lord doesn't tell cheetahs to submit to your husbands, though. They tell but that to that, humans. But here's I'm what I'm just, saying. That's a joke. So, <laughs> I, no, no, I know. But I wasn't done. And I'm really, really excited because it's I, it really. I oh, we're going to step it up from <laughs> cheetahs. All right. Um. But really, like feminine and masculine are a very small subset of words that are that we created to encapsulate something that really isn't in existence almost. There are no feminine versus masculine flowers. There are male and female flowers. They are not, you know what I'm saying? And in nature, the male of the species tends to have prettier feathers, more colors, right? Those are feminine things in the human world, right? So let's think about that. But then beyond that, we're talking about being um uh, we're using fem- feminine and masculine but we really mean like hard and soft loving or uh, like loving or versus nurturing versus aggressive or whatever those are different words they should have different meanings and those words speak more to the complexity of our individual souls and spirits not our physical bodies or capabilities right so i don't know i'm i'm super jazzed about what i just thought i like it (laughs) i'm jazzed too it also helped me rethink kind of what i said and when i'm saying these things like i'm i'm very listen to what i say about myself i'm very aggressive but i'm learning to be soft aggressive Uh negative thing yes soft is like woman female vagina boobs When what I'm really trying to express is I've kind of struggled with the way I interact in my interpersonal relationships. And what I am learning to do is have more compassion and listen more. That's what I wanted to say. But I'm using words like aggressive and soft and feminine because I'm not I'm not even intending to do that. That's because those are the words that we use in our language. It's in culture, yeah, it's encultured into you to think, oh, if I'm softer, that's better. But if you're a man and you were to say, oh, I'm softer, that's not better, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's in cultured language. It's what we are taught to do. Which oh, is like, probably female, why Feminine being... cheetahs. Still yeah, your head feminine up. cheetahs. When was the last time you cried? You talking to me? Joey, I don't care when you cry. You probably cried yesterday. I cried when I cut oh. my hair. I already told you. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it hasn't been but a couple of days i mean i at least sunday night but probably probably since then i cry a lot yeah yeah so feminine i love it yeah well you remember driscoll he said dudes need to be tough and tender that was one thing cool that i learned from driscoll (laughs) out of many i learned a lot of cool things from driscoll uh 
print that says that, and then at the very bottom, just say Mark Driscoll as a quote, and you'll have to pr- you'll have to frame the Mark Driscoll quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only only bad thing is all of y'all being at Mars Hill. Y'all are like, yeah, but he didn't live that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jen, how about you? I, I want to let everybody kind of uh, you know if if Ellen and Melanie want to jump back in for a final thing, that's fine. Um, but I definitely want to hear from Jen and Priscilla to kind of settle things. Do y'all have any closing thoughts, Jen? Well, I just want to um, just echo and and what Melanie said about what Ellen said, which was beautiful. Um, <laughs> and they, so, um, and I think maybe what I kind of led with in that right now for me, um, like male and female, uh, feminine, masculine, like. I'm really doing some um, incredibly healing and helpful um, work in my own heart about just seeing humanity. And um, that has been, it's been freeing and powerful. And I've seen men and women very differently um, and appreciated unique individuals, male and female uh, for different things. And so I just, I just can't, um, yeah, I just, what Ellen said, I think sums it up perfectly and really kind of speaks to where my focus in terms of um, empowering people and having compassion and encouraging and building up, um, That that's just, my focus is on humanity. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's good. I really liked what you said to Ellen and I also what you guys were saying about um, just like being soft or hard or aggressive or whatever is I think at least for me personally, that's why almost every single night I have regret as a mom because I feel like I don't fit the mold. I don't make awesome meals very often. I'm not super nurturing. I'm more nurturing than I used to be, but um, I don't fit like a mold of what we think moms are supposed to be and then there's like shame attached to that instead of just being like this is the kind of mom that I am my kids have this kind of mom just like human instead of like a certain mold and then the other thing I was just to say is I my sister and I like one of the things that she had said to me that I just really liked is she just said that all of us are losing in the inequality like not just women but men are missing out too there's like a loss to it and I think that also the discomfort is really healthy and I feel like the best like if we can keep trying to share how we feel um like as like as a grown-up like being grown up about how we use our words instead of being really angsty and and fighty the whole time I feel like maybe people will hear us a little more too but then also also have grace for women that are kind of angsty because there's a lot of trauma that's cut. It's like, it's like, it's like an, like a volcano just happened. Like it's just an explosion because there's finally a place. It's a little bit more safe to share. It still doesn't feel that safe, but it's way more safe than it ever has been. So a lot's coming out. So I think there needs to be grace towards it. But if we can have some sort of like self-control and helping people get to understanding, I feel like that could be a huge win. I don't know. Yeah, I just want to say something really quickly to that, Priscilla. That gave me a really weird visual, but I think it's really helpful. This whole conversation around gender inequality and the Kavanaugh crap, all of that, it's allowing women to finally say, and this is going to be a weird image, but just stick with it, 
it's like we've been walking around with tacks in our pockets, like thumbtacks. And every once in a while, the thumbtacks actually poke us. And it's really uncomfortable, but we're not socially allowed to get rid of them. We're supposed to keep them into our, they're supposed to be a secret. We're not supposed to share because someone might say, well, you're a freak for having thumbtacks in your pocket, right? But now someone stood up and said, wait, I've had these thumbtacks in my pocket. They're poking me. And you're now they're showing them. They're saying, look, I have them too. And it's the woundedness that we're seeing in women comes out as anger and angst and blame and fear and bitterness and resentment. And just, it's a volcano. It really is. But we have to see that that's hurt. Yeah, it absolutely. It isn't going to be that way forever. Mm-hmm. And it, at some point, they, we have to allow women to have these pokey, horrible tacks taken out of their pockets and stop poking their legs and poking their hands and let them put them on the table. And for a while, it will be weird. It'll be weird. But it's growth. That's all growth. And we're yeah. seeing their hurt. We're not seeing, um, you know, these just these terrible people. We're seeing their pain. Well, and just that's like, something to, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just say, just like the process of grief, like you have to walk through the steps of grieving to get to a healthy place. Like it's not healthy mm-hmm. to go from a loss to like, now I'm okay. Like you kind of have to walk through the whole thing and we're Absolutely. doing it as a society. So it's kind of messy because then you have different types of people that express their pain and emotions in a different way. And then it offends people and then people want you to be really perfect about it. And it's just going to be kind of messy. And I think we just need to all really care about each other. I don't know. Yeah. And I would say we cannot expect to see change in our lifetime. I mean, the March on Washington was what, like uh, 60, 60 years ago. And people now are talking about race for the first time in their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. And so all we can do is the work for us and for our children and the people we're around. And all we can do is, is really make the change. I will, I will share something sort of exciting that Dan and I were talking about on our podcast a couple of weeks ago was that I just learned that in, I think it's, I think it's Germany. They have um, something on the ballot for this upcoming uh, year that would allow for a third gender with visa applicants and voters and I know that this seems off topic but I don't think it is because once we understand that gender is this um, I don't want to say fluid because I think fluids a really trendy term to use right now for for gender um, but I think that when we when we understand that God created humanity to be a certain way and all we know of it is what we've seen of it. When we, I mean, there was a point in humanity when we found out we weren't the only planet, right? And so, so this whole like discovering of, of gender uh, positions and who we are and what we're capable of, this is really new for all of us right now. And, it's really exciting for me, even though even if we don't see a change in our lifetime, it's really exciting to me that our generations from now, they will look back and they will be like, this was the awakening, you know? And so even if my daughter will be sexually assaulted all through her 20s like I was, and I pray that that won't happen, I know that that is a part of 
of wait that sounded weird what i will also be doing is teaching her to stand up for herself and what everybody else will be doing was to be teaching their sons to not be assholes but what will happen <laughs> even if this continues to happen for the next couple generations it's going to filter out because you cannot have a global uh visualization like like we have now and it not have any fruition at all you know what i mean Agreed. like this will absolutely change. Humanity is about to change. We're probably not going to see it. It's so great that we can talk about it. But the best thing we can do is do the work and make the changes that we can do in our own lives and our own families. Um, and hopefully people won't be getting raped at college parties in 100 years. Well, thank you guys for bringing answers to the pastor with no answers. And y'all were very inspiring. And so I kind of think a central theme of what y'all were explaining, I'm going to make a t-shirt of it. And so a t-shirt idea I have is me too, too. So T-O-O-T-O-O, me too, too. All genders matter.